Hello, and welcome to Right Now with Ralph Martin, a podcast where author, speaker, and worldwide renewal leader, Dr. Ralph Martin, shares what the Holy Spirit is stirring up in the church right now. Words of encouragement from the Lord to strengthen you for such a time as this. We are glad you can be with us this week as we seek to encourage you for this moment in history. And now, your host, Ralph Martin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I just felt like uh, we really do now see through a glass darkly. We only get glimpses of the dimensions of what we're involved in, the dimensions of God, the dimensions of the war that's going on. And I feel like if we could see, we, we would just be overwhelmed by the glory of God, by the depth of his wisdom, by the purity of his holiness, by the greatness of his love. And every now and then, heaven opens to give us a glimpse. And, and much is revealed. About a hundred years ago, heaven opened, and Our Lady of Fatima revealed so many things. That's what I'm going to speak about today. St. Jacinta, pray for us. St. Francesco, pray for us. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. Most Holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, pour out your Holy Spirit on us so that we may see what we need to see right now so we can take the action we need to take right now for the salvation of souls. Amen. When Jacinta was dying, these are her last words. If I could only put into the hearts of all the fire that is burning within my own heart and that makes me love the hearts of Jesus and Mary so very much. I know that's her prayer for us today, that the fire that was burning in her heart in response to what Mary revealed to her may burn in our heart a deeper and more personal love for the hearts of Jesus and Mary. St. Jacinta, we ask this of you and your intercession today. Well, I'm not going to speak about all the many things that could be spoken about, about what was revealed to us at Fatima and how relevant it is for today, but I'm going to pick out certain things that I feel like could help us actually take some actions that can affect the salvation of souls. There's really one thing I'd like you to take away from this today, although there may be other things offered as well as extras. But the one thing that just is burning in my heart is when Mary said to the children, so many souls are going to hell because so few people are willing to pray and offer sacrifices for them. I hope today that we will leave here today eager, fervently desirous of offering prayers and sacrifices for the conversion of sinners, for reparation for sin, so souls end up with the beauty of heaven rather than the horror of hell. Because that's really the bottom line. That's really what's going on right now in the world. It's about salvation. It's about heaven or hell. 
And the most amazing thing is, is that Mary has revealed to us that our prayers and our sacrifices can make an eternal difference for the salvation of souls. Isn't that amazing? What more meaningful life could any of us desire to live than a life that actually is, makes a difference for the salvation of souls? And Mary tells us how we can make a difference for the salvation of souls. Anyway, it all began with the visit of an angel a year before Mary appeared to them in the spring of 1916. They were out taking care of their sheep in a little village 90 miles north of Lisbon. And there's just some really interesting things about why maybe Mary chose to appear there. It's really interesting that in Portugal, the kings and queens of Portugal would never wear a crown because they considered Mary the true queen of Portugal. Also, it's really interesting where Mary chose to appear in Portugal, in a town called Fatima, and we know that Mohammed's favorite daughter was named Fatima. He considered her the most perfect woman next to the Virgin Mary. And about 600 years before Mary appeared here, there was a Spanish Catholic knight who fell in love with a Muslim princess whose name was Fatima. She became a Catholic, and when she died at an early age, he buried her in this place which he named Fatima. Archbishop Fulton Sheen had a very strong sense that this was part of God's providential plan someday to invite Muslims to encounter the person of Jesus Christ through Our Lady of Fatima. So we'll see, we hope, we pray. But anyway, they're out taking care of their sheep. And one of the things that strikes me about these three children is how normal they were. They were totally normal. They, 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 they said their rosary so fast that they didn't even say the whole Hail Mary. They said, they said, Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary. You know, they kind of, they kind of just rushed through it saying the first two words over and over again so they could get back to their games, you know? And they said Jacinta was a fantastic dancer. She was only seven years old. She said whenever she heard a flute playing anywhere, she just would start dancing. And, and Francisco was incredibly laid back. You know, when people would ask him, do you want to do this, you want to do that, he'd say the Portuguese equivalent of whatever. <laughs> really? Lucia was a popular girl in the village, and everybody wanted to play with her and be with her, and she just loved when her godmother dressed her up with gold earrings and, and, and fancy dresses for the festivals and feast days, and she loved it when all the kids from the other villages came around, and there was just like normal Catholic kids that weren't particularly into saying the rosary with great devotion. And then one day, this shimmering light appeared to them. And eventually they said it looked like a 15 or 16-year-old boy. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I am the angel of peace. Pray with me. Now, there's tremendously important things personally for us to take away from what Mary is beginning to unfold here. But there's also things that very much affect the destiny of the human race and the destiny of our nations. And right now, it's a very dangerous time for the world. It's a very dangerous time for the world. And one of the things that Mary said to the children is that wars are a punishment for sin. 
And we know that she said that the current war, World War I, was going to end soon. But she also said if there isn't repentance, if there isn't turning back to God, a second and worse war will come. We know that 20 million people died in World War I. 50 million people died in World War II because there wasn't repentance and the punishment was greater. Well, I don't think that since World War II, there's been any great turning back to God on the part of the human race. In fact, it's just the opposite. There's something like a great apostasy happening. Many of the traditionally Catholic and Christian countries are blatantly rejecting God and rejecting his law and rejecting his ways and mocking him. And there's a place in Scripture that says, God is not mocked. Those who sow in the flesh will reap corruption and condemnation. Those who reap in the spirit, those who sow in the spirit will reap eternal life. God will not be mocked. And we're in real danger right now. And one of the things that Mary said is, say the rosary daily for peace, for conversion of sinners, for reparation for sin, and for peace. And we really need to be doing that right now because the judgment of God is hanging over the human race right now. And we need to ask God to have mercy. We need to say the rosary every day for the intentions that Mary gives us. So anyway, the angel appears to them and says, Do not be afraid. I am the angel of peace. Pray with me. Then he taught them a prayer that they said for the rest of their lives. The rest of Jacinta and Francisco's lives wasn't very long, but the rest of Lucy's life was very long, and she said it to the day she died. And this is the prayer that the angel taught them. My God, I believe in you. I adore you. I hope in you, and I love you. And I ask your pardon for those who don't believe in you and don't adore you and don't hope in you and don't love you. And he said it three times, with his forehead touching the ground. And the children immediately went down to the ground with their foreheads touching the ground, saying the prayer over and over again. And the angel said to them, pray like this. The hearts of Jesus and Mary are attentive to the voice of your intercession. They could hardly talk for a couple of days. They were so engulfed in the supernatural experience of heaven visiting them in the person of the angel. In the summer of 1916, the angel came back. This time he said, what are you doing? Pray, pray very much. The hearts of Jesus and Mary have designs of mercy on you. Offer prayers and sacrifices constantly to the Most High. Now, Lucy was the practical one. She was the leader of the three. She was the oldest. The children were seven, nine, and ten when Mary first appeared to them. All three children could see Mary, but Francisco couldn't hear what was being said, and they needed to explain it to him afterwards. The only one that spoke to Mary was Lucia, but Jacinta heard it all. So Lucia is the practical one. And she says, what kind of sacrifices? That's a good question, isn't it? You know, you don't want to leave things vague up in the air. So this is what the angel said. Make of everything you can a sacrifice and offer it to God as an act of reparation for the sins by which he is offended and in supplication for the conversion of sinners. So this is some kind of fancy words, reparation and supplication. What does reparation mean? Well, you know, 
Suppose you were, you know, driving your car out of your driveway and you bumped into your neighbor's mailbox and knocked it over, or you bumped into their car or you, whatever, ran over a children's toy or something, and you say, oh, I'm so sorry. Well, that would be good to say that, but it would be really also good to offer to replace the mailbox or buy a new toy for the children or, you know, repair the damage. So when we confess our sins, we're forgiven the guilt of the sin, but it's really good to make reparation. Uh, you know, we, we hear about the temporal punishment due to sin. Sin has an effect on our souls. Sin has an effect on other people's souls. and We, we can make a gesture of reparation. And so that's, that's what reparation is, sort of trying to make up as much as we can for what we've done. The second thing is the fancy word supplication. We might want to say intercession. So reparation for sins, our own sins and the sins of the world, supplication for the conversion of sinners. This is the bottom line. This is the bottom line. You know, those who die unrepentant will be separated from God forever by their own choice. Those who die forgiven in friendship with Jesus will be shown the incredible glory that we're living in right now, but we can only see through a glass darkly. That's the bottom line, the salvation of souls. And then he says, the angel says, you will thus draw down upon yourself peace upon your country. I am the guardian angel of Portugal. I wonder, I think, I think we probably have, the nations have guardian angels. Shall we ask the guardian angel of Canada to protect our nation? Yes. And the guardian angel of the United States to protect our nation? Yes, I'm sure these angels are fighting mightily against the tide of evil engulfing the world, and they're, they're praying for the perseverance of the saints. They're praying for the stability of the church. And then the angel says, Above all, accept and bear with submission the suffering which the Lord will send you. Now, there's, there's suffering that comes to everybody's life. Everybody experiences suffering. Medical problems, financial problems, relationship difficulties, disappointments, unemployment, uh, just so much suffering in life, betrayal, just all kinds of, 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 of suffering that's in this life, you know? And, and the angel says, don't waste that suffering. Don't waste the suffering that comes to us just in the course of living our human life, but offer that suffering out of love for Jesus as reparation for sins and supplication for the conversion of sinners. But then also offer voluntary sufferings. What kind of voluntary sufferings did the children offer? Just simple things like they began to give their lunch to poor children that they met. And so they went without eating lunch. And sometimes they even gave their water to the sheep rather than drinking it themselves. Or one day a woman brought a plate full of figs to the children, and, and Jacinta just loved figs, and she was reaching for a fig, and she said, Oh, I haven't made any sacrifice today for the conversion of sinners and reparation for sin, so she didn't take the fig. Just simple sacrifices. This can become a way of life for us. This can become something that we can do every day for the salvation of souls, every day for the reparation for sins, every day for the conversion of sinners, every day for peace. I mean, how wonderful that little things like this 
can make an eternal difference for people. The third visit of the angel, I, I, I won't go into, but what Lucy wrote about the effect of the visit of the angel, this is what she said. These words were indelibly impressed upon our minds. They were like a light which made us understand who God is, how he loves us and desires to be loved, the value of sacrifice, how pleasing it is to him, and how on account of it he grants the grace of conversion to sinners. How meaningful, how wonderful that we can take the sufferings that come our way in life and they can make a difference for the conversion of sinners. On May 13, 1917, Mary made her first visit. They were out taking care of the sheep again. And this light came, which became characteristic. Every time Mary's coming, this light began to come. And she came and she stood on top of a little oak tree, a little scrub oak, uh, you know, maybe six feet tall or something like that. And this is Lucy's description of her. She was more brilliant than the sun. She radiated light more clear and intense than a crystal glass filled with sparkling water when the rays of the burning sun shine through it. That's pretty sparkly, isn't it? That's, that's pretty radiant. And this is what she said. I am from heaven. Return here on the 13th of the month for the next six months at the same time. Good old practical Lucy says, hey, here's my chance to ask a really significant question. Will we go to heaven? And Mary gives an answer. Everything Mary says sheds light on the secrets of heaven. She says, yes, you will all go to heaven, but Francisco will first need to say many rosaries. As she looked with compassion and a little sadness at him. Well, he's nine years old. I don't know, you know. There was something there that needed a little extra reparation or intercession or, you know, turning to the Lord. When Francisco heard that, he says, I'm going to say so many rosaries, you're not going to believe it. And then Lucy goes on and asks some other questions. She says, what about my 16-year-old friend, Maria Nevis, who just died? Is she in heaven? Mary said, yes, she is. It was good news. Then she says, what about Amelia, who was 18 to 20 years old when she died? Mary's answer is kind of shocking. She will be in purgatory until the end of the world. Apparently, she died in somewhat immoral circumstances and probably repented before she died, but there was reparation that needed to happen. There was purification that needed to happen. And then Mary asked the children a question because she never imposes anything on anybody. God offers. He gives an invitation. He gives us the grace to say yes to the invitation, but we have to say yes. So Mary asked the children a question. Are you willing to offer yourselves to God and bear all the suffering he wills to send you as an act of reparation for the sins by which he is offended and of supplication for the conversion of sinners? Over and over again, those two themes, reparation for sins, intercession for the conversion of sinners. With great enthusiasm, they responded, yes, we are willing. You know, I might think about, Jesus says, do you really know the cup? You know, do, do you really know the cup you just signed up for? No, none of us know it. 
but the Lord's merciful to us and it only unfolds gradually over time along with the grace to drink it. Mary says, then you are going to have much to suffer, but the grace of God will be your comfort. One of the things we find here is that we never suffer alone. When, when Jacinta was told by Mary that she was going to die alone in a hospital in a big city with nobody there, she became afraid. She, she was very human. She, she wanted her mom there. She wanted uh, Lucy there. And, and they weren't going to be there. But Mary says, I will be there. I will be your comfort. It reminds me of the words that Jesus says in the gospel. I am never alone. The Father is always with me. And that's a promise for us too. No matter how alone you think you are, whether you're stranded in a far-off country when war breaks out, or you're in a prison somewhere, or you're in a hospital or a nursing home, you're never alone, even though you're alone. Remember, you're never alone. The Father is always with you, and Mother Mary as well. We ourselves are temples of the Holy Spirit, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit dwelling within us always. Then Mary opened her hands, and a great light came out from her hands. One light went up to heaven, and in that light, Francisco and Jacinta were in that light heading to heaven. And another light went down to earth, and Lucy was in that light. Mary told them, I will take Jacinta and Francisco soon, but I want you to stay here some time longer. It turned out to be 87 years longer. Jesus wishes to make use of you to make me known in love. He wants to establish in the world devotion to my immaculate heart. Now, what does that mean, devotion to my immaculate heart? It's extraordinary that Jesus would send his mother as a special grace, as a special prophetic evangelistic messenger to give us a chance to turn back to God, to stop offending him, to repent. What's the Immaculate Heart of Mary like? It's a heart that's purely devoted to the will of God. It's a heart that is completely full with love and gratitude and praise and adoration for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a heart that's completely committed to obedience to the mission of Jesus in the world. It's a heart that's fully cooperating with the salvific purposes of God. It's willing to come as a special messenger to give us greater grace and greater opportunities for our salvation and for the salvation of the world. On July 13th, the third apparition Mary showed them a vision of hell, which was very significant for all of them and is very important for all of us to pay attention to. As Our Lady was finishing the prayer, Lucy wrote, she opened her hands as she had done in her two previous apparition. Rays of light once again came from her hands, but what the children saw, this is Father Apostoli, was far different from what they had seen the first two times. Here is Lucia's description of the vision of hell. 
The rays of light coming from Mary's hands seemed to penetrate the earth, and we saw, as it were, a sea of fire. Plunged in this fire were demons and souls in human form, like transparent burning embers all blackened, floating about in the conflagration, now raised into the air by the flames that issued from within themselves with great clouds of smoke, falling back on every side like sparks in huge fires, amid shrieks and groans of pain and despair which horrified us and made us tremble with fear. The demons could be distinguished by their terrifying and repellent likeness to frightful and unknown animals, black and transparent like burning coals, terrified as if to plead for help. We looked up at Our Lady, who said to us so kindly and so sadly, You have seen hell where the souls of poor sinners go. To save them, God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my Immaculate Heart. If what I say to you is done, many souls will be saved and there will be peace. Witnesses at the time who saw them after this vision said the children's face showed signs of terror and shock. This obviously deeply affected them. Seeing so clearly the reality of hell, the awfulness of sin, the ugliness of the demonic, you know, right now... Demons appear as angels of light, you know, saying, oh, cool, you know, everybody's doing it. Go ahead, go along with it. Oh, no, everybody's going to be saved. God's so merciful, nobody will be lost. You know, he drinking me merry because God's so loving, we're all going to heaven. Big, big satanic lies trying to lead people to destruction and disaster. I think it's extremely significant that in the last hundred years, the Lord has seen fit to remind us twice in very special ways of the reality of hell. First of here through Our Lady of Fatima, but then not too many years later through St. Faustina. In section 741 of her diary, it talks about how an angel took her on a tour of hell. Very similar description as what we find here from Lucia. Very similar description of what happened 600 years ago with Catherine of Siena when the Lord showed her a vision of hell. Twice in the last hundred years, the Lord has seen fit to remind us in a striking, special way of what Jesus himself talks about many, many times in the gospel. But a, a veil has been placed over people's eyes so they can't hear the words of Jesus anymore. And Mary's trying to awaken us to the truth of divine revelation, the truth of the gospels, the truth of the teaching of Jesus, the truth about the broad way and the narrow way, and to wake us up from deception and to enlist us in the mission of Jesus, which is to seek and to save those who are lost. Jacinta was particularly struck by the vision of hell, and hardly a day went by where she didn't ask Lucia and Francisco, don't forget to offer a sacrifice for souls today. At another place, the angel told the children to console the heart of Jesus. And that, in a very special way, struck Francisco. And when he learned he was going to die soon, he said, you know what? Hey, I don't need to learn how to read or write, so I'm not going to school anymore. <laughs> and he hung out almost every day in the little village church in Fatima behind the tabernacle, consoling Jesus, just being with Jesus, just loving Jesus, just, just being with Jesus. And Lucia, of course, had a long life ahead of her where she had to learn how to read and write, and she, she suffered tremendously. She had to leave her village because people were flocking to her. The bishop took her to a place where 
Nobody was supposed to know who she was, but people found out, were continually hounding her and pointing her out. And, 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 you know, religious life sometimes is filled with disappointments and unfair things, and she suffered from, from those things. And just, and, and to the day her mother died, her mother didn't know what to think about what she was experiencing. Initially, her mother used to beat her, saying, Stop lying. You didn't see Mary. Stop lying. That could never happen to somebody in our family. Stop lying. She was threatened by the local government who was anti-Catholic at the time. He said he was going to put the children in a pot of boiling oil and kill them, and they thought it was happening. They took them out one at a time, and they thought that that's what was happening. And Just, just terrible threats and terrible, terrible persecution, terrible rejection, but isn't this what Jesus promised for those who would follow him, that the servant would not be above the master? And that somehow, even though it looks like a very bad thing, it's a privilege to not only believe in Jesus, to be able to suffer for him and with him. Because in some ways, sacrifice is a, is a measure of love, right? What price are you willing to pay for the salvation of people that you care about? What skin are you willing to put into the game? for the salvation of souls. That's why Paul said, I make up in my own body what's lacking in the sufferings of Christ. Nothing's lacking in the sufferings of Christ, but in the wisdom of God, he's giving us the incredible dignity, the incredible privilege of our sufferings being able to have a meaningful role in the salvation of souls. Many people ask the children to intercede with Mary for healings, for conversions, for good jobs, for troubled marriages, and and the children, Lucy, would present these petitions to Our Lady, and it's really interesting what her responses were. She said, this person will be healed within a year. This person will be healed if they first repent and go to confession and change their life. This person won't be healed. You know, I, I was, it was sort of like, but what, what, I, what I took from that is a little glimpse into the secrets of heaven. The very hairs of our head are numbered. The Lord personally knows each of our life circumstances personally knows what would be most helpful for our salvation and grants requests accordingly. And that this individual, personal love and attention paid to each soul when we send up our petitions. And the answers are in the wisdom of God and in the mercy of God. Mary, though, after she gave these answers, she said, Pray, pray very much and make sacrifices for sinners, for many souls go to hell because there are none to sacrifice themselves and to pray for them. The children were so beleaguered, they said, Please, please, tell us who you are and give us a sign so people will believe what we're saying. Mary said, When I come on October 13th, I will reveal who I am and I will give a sign that everybody will know that this is from God. October 13th comes. There's about 70,000 people within a 20-mile radius that are there. It's raining. People are wet and soggy. The mud is thick. And all of a sudden at noon, Lucy shouts out, Put down your umbrellas. She's coming. As she looked to the east, and Mary's coming from the east, many, many people saw a light. Many, many people saw the, the tree rustle. Many, many people saw some indication of Mary's presence there. 
And for a while, Mary was showing the children things that nobody else could see. She, she revealed herself as Our Lady of the Rosary, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Our Lady of Sorrows. Uh, Jesus appeared with St. Joseph, blessing the people. Jesus blessed the people himself. I mean, it was just like, it was like a, like, it was a heavenly kind of slideshow. It was like, it was like heaven was, was showing itself in, a, in an amazing way. And people who have meditated on what the children were seeing related to the, the, the mysteries of the rosaries, the sorrowful mysteries, the joyful mysteries, and the glorious mysteries. And so there's just deep meaning in all these things that, that have happened. Just like with Our Lady Guadalupe, there's so much meaning in, in the image that Mary left us. And then at a certain point, the sun began to spin in the sky, and people were covered with rays of colored light, blue and red and green and yellow. And it was just like, like, like a kaleidoscope, people described it. And then at a certain point, the sun began to plunge towards the earth, and people began to feel like the end of the world was at hand, and they, they began to publicly confess their sins. They began to ask God for mercy and forgiveness. They began to shout out their sins. And then the sun went back to its normal place, and everybody was dry. And Cardinal Medeiros, uh, used to be Archbishop of Boston a couple of cardinals ago, wrote a book on Portugal. He, he himself came from Portugal and knew Portuguese and talked to all the people who were there. And he said, after the miracle of the sun, it's like after Pentecost. Heaven had revealed itself, and souls had been filled with faith and hope and love and joy. And they went back with a profound conviction of the truth of the gospel message and the importance of repenting and leading a holy life like a post-Pentecostal grace. Well, I wanted to share a few things that most struck me that we can kind of take home with us. And what most struck me, reading Lucy's memoirs, and that, that's like the most, the most touching thing I've seen on Fatima, her own words. We have copies out there at the Renewal Ministries table where Lucy was asked by a bishop to write down everything she could remember about Jacinta, everything she could remember about Francisco, everything she could remember about the angel and about Mary. And, it's, and, and just hearing it firsthand has a power to it that, that people writing about it, they add useful insight, but it's not the same. So when I read that, and when my wife and myself were in Fatima this past September, and I visited the graves of the children, I, I just felt like the Lord was saying... Jacinta and Francisco are important for the world today. And, and, and Lucy, uh, just this last year, Pope Francis canonized uh, Jacinta and Francisco, so now they're saints. And the, Lucy's cause of canonization is underway. She just died in uh, 2005 at the age of 97. So this is, this is what struck me about the children. First of all, Francisco. He devoted the rest of his life to wanting to console Jesus. People would come up to him and, and ask him all kinds of questions like, Francisco, what do you want to be when you grow up? We ask kids that a question a lot, right? Here's a lady talking to him. She says, do you want to be a carpenter? No, ma'am. A soldier? No, ma'am. Surely you'd like to be a doctor. No, not that either. I know what you'd like to be, a priest. Then you could say mass and preach. No, ma'am. I don't want to be a priest either. Well, then what do you want to be? I don't want to be anything. I want to die and go to heaven. When Francisco developed flu, the Spanish flu was sweeping the world at the time, 
millions and millions of people died all over the world from this epidemic. Lucy said, it seems like you're not feeling well today, Francisco. He said, I have such a bad headache and I feel as though I'm going to fall. Then don't come with us. Stay at home. I don't want to. I'd rather stay in the church with the hidden Jesus while you go to school. And then one day Lucy said, Francisco, what's, what's the favorite thing from all of our experiences? This is what he said. I loved seeing the angel, and I loved seeing Our Lady even better. But what I liked best of all was seeing Our Lord in that light which Our Lady put into our hearts. And this is the same light of the Holy Spirit. This is the same light of the grace of God that he puts into our hearts. And I'm praying that today light would come into our minds and hearts and we would see the Lord. We would see his love. We would see the truth of his words. We would see the mercy of him sending Mary to us in a way that would change our lives and, and make them count more for the salvation of souls. And then Francisco said, I love God so much but he's so sad because of all the sins. We mustn't commit even the tiniest sin. So this is a call to repentance, to, to not give sin a place in our soul. As Francisco's illness intensified, Lucy said, Are you suffering a lot today, Francisco? Quite a lot, but never mind. I'm suffering to console our Lord. And afterwards, within a short time, we're going to heaven. Francisco very much wanted to receive his first Holy Communion before he died, and so he had to make his first confession. And before he made his first confession, he only had a day or two to live. Uh, he called, he said, I don't want to go to confession until I talk to Lucia and Jacinta, and I want to ask them to tell me any sins that they've seen me commit to make sure I cover everything. And they had a few things to tell him. Remember when you told a lie to that lady. Remember when you took that apple. And, and he wanted to make a good confession, and he did. And then he received communion. And the next morning, at 10 o'clock in the morning, Francisco said to his mother, Mother, look at that lovely light by the door. It was a sign Our Lady was coming to take Francisco to heaven. Jacinta. I told you something about Jacinta's personality. A day wouldn't go by that she wasn't terribly concerned with making reparation for sin and praying for the conversion of sinners. She was so struck by the vision of hell that her whole life was devoted not wanting anybody to go there. She said, oh, if people could only see hell, they would never sin. If only people could see sin, see, see hell, they would never offend our Lord. Well, she got this terrible flu too, and it turned into pleurisy and she had to go to a regional hospital in Orem, and uh, while, while there, they did a surgery that wasn't successful, and she had to go to a bigger hospital in, in Portugal, in you know, Lisbon, and, and they, they had to take a couple of ribs out to take care of some infection, and uh, she was too weak for general anesthesia, so they just gave her a local anesthesia, which was extremely painful. And she was all by herself in the hospital, but there was an orphanage next door and the, the nun who ran the orphanage would visit her often. And while she was in the hospital, Mary would continue to appear to her and told her some really important things. While she was in the hospital, Mary said, Wars are a punishment for sin. Pray the rosary every day. And then she said, Many souls are going to hell because of sins of the flesh. We're living in a culture that 
glamorizes sins of the flesh, calls them normal, calls them human rights, and they're an abomination to the Lord. Lies are filling the atmosphere, telling us it doesn't matter. Sexual morality doesn't matter. Get with the times. Everybody's doing it. It does matter. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul says, Don't let anybody deceive you. The immoral will not enter the kingdom of God. The fornicator, the adulterer, the person who engages in homosexual activity, the thief, the robber, the sorcerer, the drunkard will not enter the kingdom of God. And this is an isolated text. Galatians chapter 5. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do these things will not enter the kingdom of God. Or Ephesians chapter 5. The impure man will have no inheritance in the, in the kingdom of God. And because of these sins, the wrath of God is breaking out on the world. We are fools if we believe the lies of our culture rather than the, the holy word of God coming to us in sacred scripture and being reminded to us in the merciful sending of Mary to us to remind us of the truth of the scripture. Mary also told Jacinta when she was in the hospital that in the future fashions will come and become very popular that will very much offend the Lord. We're living in Sodom and Gomorrah once again. We're living in a time of corruption and devastation. And we need to hold fast to the word of God, to the light of God, to the truth of God, and, and take seriously into our hearts like these children did the request that Mary is making for the salvation of souls and for the peace of the world. Jacinta dies. She's buried. Eventually, both their bodies are brought to Fatima and buried in the churchyard there. Then eventually, they're brought to the Basilica in Fatima. When Jacinta's tomb was open, uh, she was incorrupt. And now they're, they're all three there now in the Basilica at Fatima. And I think the Lord wants us to respond to the message of the gospel and the message of Mary, like these three children did. They got it. They got what's really going on in the world. They got that it's all about the salvation of souls. They got the merciful good news that we can make a difference by offering the suffering that comes our way for reparation for sin and the salvation and the conversion of sinners and that we can make voluntary sacrifices and we can pray the rosary every day and it makes a difference in the world and it makes a difference in people's lives. Please join Jesus. Please respond to the message of Mary for the sake of our countries, for the sake of those we love and the salvation of souls. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This podcast is brought to you by Renewal Ministries, part of the Renewal Podcast Network. For more information about Renewal Ministries, visit our website at renewalministries.net. Join us next week to find strength, hope, and courage for the Christian journey. Until next time, this is Right Now with Ralph Martin.